CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Dewey Burt. Some tonight, really all we need to discuss. North Carolina's 63-59 win over Notre Dame. <laughs> Dewey, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I, I like to try to think of something positive, and they won. What do you think overall? Yeah, they won. Like, I mean, a couple of timely plays down the stretch, free throws from Caleb. RJ made a big shot. I just uh, – I'm just – I'm at a loss for how poorly we shoot. I just cannot understand it. I mean, we had a ton of good looks, a lot of good looks in the first half, open threes that just went in and out. One from DeMarco, one from Caleb, one from RJ. You know, good looks, good shots that they're capable of making. Um, but, yeah, certainly very uninspiring in the first half. And, uh, you know, when they put on the screen, it's the worst field goal percentage we've had in 43 years. Makes you scratch your head. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was th- I was thinking, and I'm a lot older than you, and I tweeted about it. I was thinking this reminds me of Carolina and Duke, like in the 70s. It was 7 nothing Duke at halftime. But Carolina intentionally tried to be – to not do anything in that because Dean put up the four corners and they ran the stall ball the entire time. And, right. and then to see that performance against Notre Dame, I, I mean, as a guy who's played a ton of basketball – what are you thinking watching that? Yeah, just, you know, I was trying to think about that. I was like, man, these guys have no confidence because it's hard to make shots when you're not confident. We didn't get the ball to Armando enough in the first half. We obviously did a much better in the second half. Um, but, yeah, it's like they're hoping for shots to go in instead of believing that they will. And uh, But, like I said, we got a lot of good looks, and I understand the argument. It's like at some point you have to stop shooting them. But – when a team like builds a fortress around the, the lane and, and forces you to shoot and they're not, they're not bad shots, you know, mm-hmm. not, not all of them anyway, but it's like, I'm getting barraged with text messages from people that are like, why do they keep shooting three? It's like, well, what do you want them to do? Because we've talked about when you penetrate in college, the guy just stands in front of you falls down and draws a charge and they give him a charge. So we did a better job in the second half, getting the ball to Armando. I just, they just got to make shots. I don't know, Tommy. Like it's, it's not helpful for the audience that I have no answer. But we, I just cannot believe how badly we shoot the ball. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you would think they'd start going in. Uh, they were two for twenty-three tonight from three-point. Eight percent. 
8%. And quite frankly, other than the, the few you referenced in the first half, and there weren't a lot of them close. I mean, one of the biggest plays in the game was, I think, Puff Johnson hit one off the side of the backboard. It went straight to Pete Nance for, for a bucket that they had to have. I mean, looking at the stat sheet, Caleb Love was two for six from three. Puff, four. Dunn, 0 for three. Nance, 0 for three. Leakey, 0 for three. R.J. Davis, 0 for four. I mean, if this – let me read you a tweet. And I may have sent it to you. I don't know. But let me read it to you. It's from our good friend, uh, Tate Frazier. And I had it. I don't know what to do with it. Anyway, Hubert Davis has the highest shooting – second highest shooting percentage ever in the NBA for three-point shooting. He currently coaches the North Carolina team with the worst three-point shooting ever. Steve Kerr has the highest ahead of Hubert in the NBA. And he coaches – two of the best shooting guards ever. But where's the disconnect, Dewey? I mean, is there any way to explain the disconnect between Hubert's skills, Lebo's skills, and this team's production? It's mind-blowing. It is. It's mind-blowing. And, and here's another thing that I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, Tommy. Like, it, like we said, or I said, like they get good shots. And again – to me, it's a simpleton argument to say, well, they're not going in, so you got to go in the paint. If the defense is crowded in there, like how many charges do they call in today's college basketball game? If you, have, if you have eight, ten feet between you and your defender, you catch the ball at three-point line, and you don't shoot that. I mean, maybe take a one-dribble pull-up, fine, but if you try to penetrate, that guy is sliding one way or the other and he's falling down, and he's, you're getting a charge call. And so we did a much better job in the second half of forcing the ball into Armando, which is an automatic double. And then the ball moved a little bit better. Caleb made two shots uh, in terms of the three-pointers, got to the rim a little bit better. Uh, but it, the, the offense is just anemic. I mean, it's just, it's just awful shooting. Let's talk about something else, though. Uh, the effort level was not great in the first half either. It sounds like from what the reporter said, Hubert challenged them. That spurt in the first half, or at the start of the second half, when RJ had the couple steals and just was creating a little bit of havoc, and all of a sudden there was this burst of effort, pissed me right off. Mm-hmm. Pissed me right off. It's like, okay, so you guys know how to do this. You know how to give extra effort. You know how to try to create chaos on the defensive end, RJ. And then the rest of the game, RJ was a sieve and got blown by to the basket, and we had to take him out and keep possessions and put Seth in because he can't guard the ball. So I, so you can do it, but it's just not there consistently. You're a junior, juniors and seniors. So, look, the one argument is Hubert's lost him. They can't, he can't get him to play hard. Okay, maybe. But why does a junior, RJ Davis – need his coach to get him to play hard. Somebody answer that for me. Yeah. I'd love Why to did, hear the answer. Tell me the answer to that. Cause that there is no answer for me. Right. And so that people try to say that that's me defending Hubert. I'm not saying that, you know, what I'm saying is a junior RJ Davis, junior Caleb love fifth year player, Pete Nance, fifth year player, leaky black. 
they should not need their coach to get them to play hard, and no one will ever convince me otherwise. Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, Tyler Nickel, DeMarco Dunn, still figuring it out. I had this conversation with an alum today who I talked to, and he said, what, what is it? I said, they, they don't play hard enough. And he said, how can that be? I said, I don't know. But first thing that came to mind is, remember how frustrating Bryce Johnson was early in his career? Like, man, there's so much talent there. He's tantalizing. He figured it out. He said, I have to play hard every possession. And he's won, had one of the best senior seasons ever. I think the same thing about Kennedy Meeks. All right. He, he was brutal. I mean, he was ostracized as a Carolina player until he decided and got in shape to play hard every single possession. And then he was great. When you're talented, if you just play hard every possession, it pretty much happens for you. Right. These guys are so gifted, but they don't play hard every possession. And I don't understand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh yeah, that, that, that's the nutshell right there. That's, that's been the nutshell, quite frankly, with this core group the entire time they've been there. Going back to, you know, and I think a lot of times we let Baycott off the hook um, because of what he's accomplished, but he's been on those teams too. And we talk about player-led and coach-led and accountability and all that, and I, I do want to ask you about that aspect of it, but there's no way if I'm a player on a team and I see somebody loafing consistently that I'm not – I'm not sure I'm not going to blows with them. You know what I mean? To To – we got to get this. I mean, you were on some teams that had some great player leaders. What's the difference here? I don't know. I just think, I just think kids are different now. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, you don't see, you don't see that. You don't see them even like having a heated conversation in the huddle that the coach has to step in and be like, all right, all right guys, you know, sit down. We'll talk through it. Right. Just like the fire. Like you don't see that. I don't know who the leader is of the team. I have no idea. I don't know that. Maybe it's Armando. I don't know. It's not leaky. Um, and so what you're, you're saying is if you had lack of effort play, let me get, let me tell you a story. I'm not going to tell you who, but I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. <laughs> and you're listening. Let me, let me rewind it. It's post game podcast. Right. Carolina won 63 Appreciate that couple hundred folks in the chat we're about to get into the good stuff let's go Dewey tell me the story summer pickup we had 25 guys there ton of pros we were running two courts there's only a handful of times we had enough guys to run two full courts of pickup winners stayed on the winner's court if you lost you moved up you know I mean and then another team waited we had five five bunch of pros this was the summer before my senior year so summer of 2006 I'm not going to tell you who it was on the other end of it, but Tyler Hansbrough walked out of the gym and refused to keep playing because one of the guys playing with him on his five-on-five pickup team was not playing hard enough. He's like, I can't play. I won't play with him. I won't play with him. And walked in the locker room. In the summer, 
in the summer. That's that's kind of guy I played with, right? Now he's he's an anomaly. That's it's not fair to always for I just tell Tyler stories, but it's the stories I experienced, right? But guys like him, guys like David Noel, they would get into you if the effort wasn't there. And to your point, I don't you don't see that here. I don't know who's the guy, who's the one. And by the way, on teams in the past that maybe didn't have that guy, guess who did it? Coach Williams, right? I've not played for Hubert, so I don't know what how he handles those things. I can't speak to that. But I know what Coach Williams would have done, right? And But it's a different team, different coach, different kids. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear people say kids have changed or whatever, but I'm always reminded of the Frank Martin quote. And, you know, he coached South Carolina and wherever else, and he, he had a little bit of crazy in him for sure. But somebody asked him that question, and he said, kids haven't changed. The grown-ups, the adults, the parents have changed, and that's the difference. And, and when I look at other teams, do we other teams have players that are experienced, players that are young, players that have a ton of NIL deals, players that have this, players have that, players that, if you're looking at a team like Alabama, probably shouldn't be playing. And uh, last check, they were losing to South Carolina, but they all – don't seem to have these issues that this North Carolina bunch has had. And that's what's been the most frustrating thing for the fan base. I know the fans get called out a lot for being negative or anti or whatever, but it's to your point, people, everybody can live with somebody not being good enough. I mean, it is what it is, but some of the things we've said and, and to what made you the maddest tonight, circling back to tonight's game, is for that stretch. And somebody responded to my tweet and said it was the best one minute of Carolina basketball all year. However short, it was there. And that's the frustrating thing watching this bunch is they want to talk about we got to figure it out, we got to do this, we got to do that. But yet then they just don't do it again. And so I circle back to the coach. You mentioned that Roy Williams would hold his guys accountable. And I don't want to get into the Hubert Davis discussion about the bench and all that, but at what point does a coach say, all right, go sit down? Because I know one time he got into Caleb pretty good for a bad shot. Caleb stayed out there. DeMarco Dunn made a bad play, and he disappeared. Jalen Washington played for a second, and he disappeared. At what point has is it on Hubert to take control of it and handle it. I think we're past and, that point now. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's on Hubert to, at the first practice. Let's be let's be real about that. That that's the whole thing. It's on Hubert from the first practice. Um, you know, one of the things that somebody was saying. Re, I'm reading the chat as you as you talk. One of the posters asked, "In fairness, was Roy doing that in 1989?" At Kansas, meaning in his first season when he became a head coach after having no head coaching experience. Great question. A thousand percent, yes. At, when the Kansas guys used to come to camp in the summer and tell us stories about him, they literally told us he was out of his mind crazy. He was so intense. He would put trash cans out on the practice court all the time, make the guys throw up. He was out of his mind. Even Coach Hass and CB, who played for him in the mid-90s and then coached us 10 years later, they're like, oh, he's, this is nothing. He's nothing compared to what he used to be. And so he mellowed over time. So to answer that question, everything I've ever heard is unequivocally yes. He was as fiery as all get out 
And he is the most competitive person I've ever met in my entire life. 100%. Coach Williams is. Um, your question was, when is it on Hubert? Look, everything's on Hubert. Everything's on the kids. It's a shared, it's a shared issue here. What I'm just observing is I cannot understand how you can go on that ride and that run last year and taste it and, and get to the final four and be within a bucket of winning the national championship and, and, and know what that is, know what that feels like. And then just ha have absolutely no ability to replicate the effort and the concentration and the shooting to get back to something even close to that. It's very hard to repeat and get back to the final four, but just play close to that level. And don't tell me it's just because of Brady Manic. I don't buy that. He's a huge part. His shooting was a huge part. He spaced the floor. He was a leader. When he went in the starting lineup and Dawson left, I get all of that. But you cannot tell me that that alone is why we shoot 8% from three, can't score 60 points against Notre Dame, who's terrible. All that changes because of Brady? No, I'm not there. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Brady Manning was very good, but – Brady Manning wasn't one of the greatest ever to play, to put on a uniform. And that's what this team would certainly need to be much better than they are. Let's talk a little bit about end game. Um, got to give them credit. They stepped up, made some plays late, got some buckets. Armando looked like he was realizing that, look, this is going to be over right here if we don't win. Um, and, and then Love hits the free throws, which he's been – that's been one good aspect of his game consistently is he'll make free throws late. Um, but but looking at the end, Notre Dame comes down and they run an ISO, I guess, I think with Starling on Leakey. Um, and Leakey can't get the stop kid, and Starling scored. Talk, kid made, talk a, me kid, that. kid made a tough shot. I mean, kid made a tough shot. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I thought it was a little bit too much of a direct drive. You know, if, if again, when I played, if they were grading film after that, it would have been minus one leaky direct drive, right? He didn't fend them off, keeping out of the paint. And so a little too much of a direct drive. Um, but I mean, he contested the shot. Kid made a high floater off balance off the, off the backboard. Yeah, it was a good shot. You would think your, your fifth year senior defender would be able to get a stop on a freshman, but. So let me ask you about the converse play. They call a timeout and they come back and they run an ISO for Leakey on Starling. I almost felt like watching that, Dewey was like, okay, he got you, so now let's see if you can get him back. That was weird. I went back and watched it, and so I think they were trying to get some action for Caleb on right in front of our bench. They kind of ran him off like a split screen that he went through, and I think they were trying to get him the ball on the wing. That is what I'm guessing they drew up. Um, and then for whatever reason, I don't know, we didn't set good screen or it just didn't materialize. So Leakey felt like he had to go. I, I'm hard pressed to believe that coming out of the timeout that that was the play call. Um, that would be shocking to all of us. Uh, and so I would say go back and watch it and just watch. I, I, if I remember correctly, Caleb down screened uh, or set kind of a phantom screen for RJ who flared to the corner and then he – darted off of a, a double screen from Nance and Mondo. And I think that's where they wanted the ball to go. Uh, and then it just, it broke down and he drove. That's my assessment of that. Yeah, it's as good as mine. Cause I, I, I was shocked saying what, what, what is happening here? And then uh, the, the missed dunk by Leakey turned out to be 
um, an effective way to keep the ball in Carolina's hands. Give me a couple more takeaways. We, we always throw up your thoughts, and I know it's difficult in these, but pull me some other things before we get out of here. Carolina 63-59 over Notre Dame. Uh, stays alive somehow. Yeah. And, and look, and I, I we appreciate, obviously, everybody being in the chat. And so everybody has a lot of responses to me saying that I'm not there, that Brady – is the is the whole only reason why we got to this level last year and now we're at this level and that's you know people don't don't agree with me on that when we were playing great the last six weeks of the season everyone was playing great everyone played great caleb got hot rj played really well mondo played great leaky was solid all of them right and so you can't tell me that we just take Brady out and those four completely lose any ability to play at that level all because we lose one guy. I'm not going to – no, you're not going to get me there. We played games in 2008 2009, different, different caliber of players, I understand. 2008 2009, we played several games to start that season without Tyler. And those guys still played the way they're capable of playing without – the greatest scorer in Carolina history. And not apples to apples. I understand that. I'm just making the point that I recognize how valuable Brady was, how great of a leader he was, how great of a shooter he was, how he had a huge hand in carrying us to the Final Four. So if we were 20 and 8, and you're like, ah, you know, we're just not quite there. We really miss Brady. Okay. But to play this bad, that's my point. To play this poorly consistently, especially over the last eight games. I'm not able to just say, oh, this is all because we don't have Brady. That's my point. Yep, folks are giving it to you in the chat. And I get it. I mean, you look at the second half of Baylor um, when ba when Brady was out and how they went in the went in the tank there. But, hey, I agree. It's not, it's not one guy. And one guy doesn't make the four returning guys not play anywhere up to what they played um, as a team last April and March and April. I don't have anything left, man. Carolina wins. Carolina's got Virginia after this game and knowing how Virginia plays defense and Virginia just lost to Boston College. Um, give me a give me a halftime score prediction for Carolina, Virginia in the Smith Center oh, on Saturday. God. Yeah, like 26-21. <laughs> well. Something like that. Carolina will have outscored tonight in the first half if they do either of those numbers. Dewey, I always appreciate it. It's always better when they win, sometimes. Carolina gets a win. They know Notre Dame had to have it. Got three more chances before the ACC tournament. It's always a pleasure. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. And look, 300-plus folks that wait up for us at 1136 on the East Coast. You guys are awesome. We'll have On the Beat tomorrow night live with Ross and Adam and John Bowman. Joey Powell and I will be inside Carolina live. Um I went to Boschheimer Stadium today. Let me tell folks, get out and go to Boschheimer. It's a great place to see a baseball game, and it's beautiful weather. And it will take your mind off of other things. Dewey, it's always a pleasure, my man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+. Plus. 
official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.